What's up, guys? Rick here. And before we jump into this episode of 300 Yards to Unknown, I just wanted to describe what you're what you're looking at this week. I'm I'm joined by uh, Matt Carney, singer, songwriter. You may know from uh, a bunch of albums that he's created, notably from the the Golf Boys uh, 2.0 video. And this is really uh, my vision for kind of what this this podcast could have been from the starters or or will continue to be is is uh, golf adjacent and. and and getting into other things outside of uh, just straight golf. So we're going to talk a lot of golf in this episode. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about professional players. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. It's different. If you like it, let me know. If you don't, you can still let me know. Uh, but I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome in. I'm Rick Gaiman. This is 300 Yards to Unknown. That right there is Matt Carney, singer, songwriter, all-around golf fanatic. Matt, much <laughs> much appreciated you uh, you hopping on. Man, my honor. I'm it is. I'm excited to be here. I love talking about golf. It's my favorite thing. I love it. Well, we're gonna do plenty of that. I, I, I was telling you before we went hot. You know, the the idea of this podcast, three hundred yards to unknown, has always been like, let's start at golf and see where things go. And sometimes we get into technology or fashion or stocks or whatever. And and this is like music. This is kind of uncharted territory for me. I'm I'm super <laughs> stoked about this. <laughs> Well, hey, man, uh, let's go. Let's see what happens. Maybe you'll the, never have another musical guest on again. So just be the the last one ever needed. That'll be that'll be awesome. <laughs> uh, I think uh, you know for the listening audience, the biggest intersection between your day job and my day job is probably uh, the Golf Boys, right? I mean this this came out years and years ago. Where I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this was Ricky Fowler, Bubba, Ben Crane, and I want to say Hunter Mayhan. That is correct. Okay, so they did those series of of uh, music videos that were highly yep. entertaining, and you wrote the second edition of this. Is that am I understanding that correctly? That is correct. Yes. So Ben is a Ben Crane is a friend of mine, and um, he had done the first Golf Boys. That was the one. If people remember, they were like the boy band. It was like oh oh oh. They did this like <laughs> yeah. super dumb thing that was awesome. <laughs> And I was laughing. I'm like, that's really fun, but the song kind of sucks, honestly. Like, it's really <laughs> simple. Um, and he's like, well, are the, we're, we've retired. I don't know. You know, that <laughs> we'll never do that again. Yeah, they've retired. <laughs> and one day I was in my living room and I was like, well, if I was going to write a song for him, what would I do? I'd be like, oh, it'd be funny to do like a Beastie Boys kind of like rap thing that had to be simple, knowing they're not the most technically savvy and like technically good at singing. They're actually terrible. <laughs> Um, but so I just was sitting in my living room one day writing, just cracking up at, uh, how I could use cliche or like basically pun golfers names. So I'm like Stuart Applebee's and <laughs> caught you Louis Uth snoozing, you know, or something like I just had all these like dumb things and I'm just in there laughing. And my wife came and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm writing a song about golfers. She's like, okay. She like walked out the door. So I don't know what you're that's enough. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm out, but I sent it to Ben and he's like, I'm sending this to the guys. And he's like, we're, we're putting the band back together. Um, and then we, I flew out to uh, Dallas and we, basically shot the video recorded the song in like 24 hours and wow. it was um it was a, a amazing fun experience and it did work for a really cool charity we raised a bunch of money i saw that 
Yeah, it's 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 really slick, and, and that's why I wanted to kind of ask you about the logistics of that because I've you know I've had the opportunity to work with some golfers, some better than others. No, they don't have any acting skills. I certainly know they can't sing. It's hard to keep yeah. them focused. Like, what were the logistics around trying to record these oh, guys God. and, and uh, get them on tape? <laughs> well, the logistics were like br- there's never been an artist in the history of music that has had their voice manipulated and every piece of technology you could use auto tune everything i could get to make them in time and in key it, they were terrible like i'll say like ricky was by far the worst he couldn't. okay i i thought ricky was the worst i could tell like i could tell ricky him, was I was just like, he's like, got to be so bad <laughs> he was like and it was he was making all these jokes because he's like this is so hard like he, he i'd be like you know i would be like Uh, Just something really simple. So I ended up, they couldn't like hear the tempo and then sing to it. So you had to like, I had to do it line by line. So I would just turn the music off and I had a click running in the tempo in my head. And I'd be like, say, I'm Ricky Faladana. And he'd be like, I'm Ricky Faladana. You know, like each line, I'd take them one by one then I pieced it all together. And dude, it was a whole process. I know oh how it must God. be to make like Britney Spears records now or something. Uh, that's that's uh, and and first of all, uh, I could not carry a two. I am the worst. I'm I'm anything artistic. I can't draw a stick figure. I can't uh, hear anything. So I, I I don't blame these guys, but I always think it is hilarious you trying to uh, you know put all of that together with guys that I know are terrible at it. So oh well, I mean totally. They've given their life. They're so good at golf. They're like. Why, why would anyone be good at music just because you decide they are? Like, that's hard. You know, I, I'm giving them a hard time, but music is hard. It's like a whole thing. Like, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years, and I'm still, like, average compared to a lot of musicians I know. So, yeah, I mean, they they weren't supposed to be good at it either, which is, which is part of what made it fun. Bubba was right. actually probably the best. Wow. He had, like, a decent sense of, like, rhythm – and he like loves rap music. He would always tell me. So he's like, <laughs> he was good. Ben was probably right. Him and Ricky were like, Hunter was pretty good. He he could hold his own. Um, I love that. But that's still like comparing, you know. Yeah. Right. Now, now, so, okay, so I want to mine into that a little bit because you, you're kind of referencing like, okay, you know, uh, the, the 20 years experience that you have in, in, in singing and songwriting. Do you think that there is, because I kind of feel this way with golf, right? Like, you're you're kind of born with this natural uh, set of talents, whether it's whether it's hand-eye coordination, whatever it is, and uh, through through whatever practice uh, that you're able to put in, you, there's kind of a range that you can get, you know, so good. Do you think that there is, that also kind of relates to music, to singing, to songwriting, where you are like, of course, practice is going to improve it, but is there some innate uh, something that you were born with that makes you better than others? Yeah, I mean, there's just it's like Tiger if he. Um, you know, he, any sport he played, he probably would have been pretty good at like, you know, just naturally his natural ability or, or maybe not any sport, but his natural ability to pick up golf was beyond other people. That's clear. And music's the same way. Yeah. You can be born with specific ability and, but you can teach anyone to sing in key actually. Um, That's a learned skill of like controlling your tone of your voice and being able to hear a tone. You know, if you hit do, you're hitting that note, you, you know, like you can train someone to do that. But how quickly they take that on or how, uh, you know, far they can run with it has something to do with technical ability. Got the, it. Granted, I started late in life. I didn't do music until I was in college. Oh, wow. Didn't grow up in a musical family. No one had done music. 
um, and weirdly fell in, just was obsessed with it. My roommate had a guitar and uh, wrote some of the first songs I've ever written when I was a sophomore in college. That's got to be rare, right? I mean, you're to 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 fall in love with something uh, that late in life, whether it's anything, whether it's golf, whether it is music, has to be pretty rare. So, that, do you do you remember a specific moment where you were like, "Wow, like I could this this could be something for me," or was it like I'm going to write a song and see what happens, and then I don't know what to expect? No, it was just like something I was obsessed with. It was right. I was always in I was an English major. I loved writing. I was a terrible student. I was actually a soccer player. Um, in high school, it's what I went to play soccer at Chico State University. Great, okay. go Wildcats! Um, <laughs> usually, there's like a drunk person that yells in the crowd when I say Chico State. Like, yeah, Chico that's, State. That's in California, right? Yes, yes. Okay, a <laughs> um, lot of lot of party school, and uh, I went to play soccer there. And I was an English major because the only thing I could do to like get by in school was write. I was like, I knew I can write, so I was like, okay, English major. Um, and my roommate had a guitar, I'd pick it up and I started writing songs for fun. And I just literally became obsessed with it. I was like, and it was kind of real simple, just kind of three chords in the truth, learned a few chords. It was like too hard to learn other people's songs. I was just like, I'll just start making up my own songs. So I started <laughs> writing songs and then people started liking them. And it was literally all I wanted to do. It was just, uh, it was my obsession and no, it was, there was never a thought of it being a job or a career. It was just literally I have to do this at all mo all time like every moment of the day I need to write a song and that kind of it started from there are you still that obsessed with with writing songs yeah I mean it's it's definitely <laughs> something I'm always doing if you see my phone there's just lists and lists of song titles and ideas um you know maybe not there's other things I do you know for years and years it was just all I did golf or I mean a uh, music was like um my hobby, my spare time, what I did for fun. And there was like a point in my life where you're like, okay, like you can't do this all day, every day for the rest of your life or you might go insane. Um, so like, you know, maybe being present for your kids every once in a while, or maybe, <laughs> maybe like, like golf was actually a huge thing I discovered um, that was the opposite. Your, my brain is always racing, always doing songwriting things. And weirdly, when you get on the golf course, you have to be so in in the moment in each shot that it like hours would go by and it wouldn't I would have never thought about work I would have never thought about anything I'd forget I had a phone and that was mm. just like whoa this is a cool alternate universe that I could live in I I find a level of zen on the golf course whether it is just yeah exactly what you're describing uh not not having to worry about what's what's going on at home or what's going on at work I can focus on this task this incredibly difficult task of trying to hit this golf ball where I want it to go so it's interesting to hear you kind of say you know the same thing and and I I have that mind racing issue as well so golf is a really good uh a way to get out of that Yeah I mean I think it's it is like it's the best game ever. It, it mirrors life in so many ways. Like I just, it's this endless fountain of, of exploration too, that just keeps my curiosity going. It's like, Oh, how do you like just the short game right now? I'm like, I'm obsessed with like, I was kind of, you know, forever. I just did small little shot. That's how I was trained kind of like lean the shaft a lot mm -hmm. of just shoulders, no hands. And then I went through a season where we went to, because of the golf boys thing, 
the one thing I asked for was that Ben send me the TPI, which is like Titleist Performance yeah. Institute, and get me fitted for clubs. So we went out there, and awesome. Tom, per- Tom Pernice happened to be there, um, and he was give- he just gave us like a two-hour short game lesson on like kind of the opposite, like the Seve style where your hands are back and you're really using the bounce, and it's almost like a little draw, single. Like he had us do a ton of right-handed single-hand shots, and I – I've tried that for a lot of like that was kind of a lot of my foundation and now I'm on this like I've been watching Phil videos where he like <laughs> never breaks that left hand you know he yeah. kind of like always holds off everything yep and I'm having a great result with that so that's just the part of the game I love is like this exploring yeah, it, it is never ending. Uh, there is always room for improvement, which is what's terrifying about it, as I'm sure uh, you you know. Okay, well, how about this? What's what's more difficult for you right now? Is it is it writing a song? Is it coming up with new ideas, or is it hitting like a forty yard bunker shot? I'm trying to think what's something difficult in the uh, world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I've actually gotten really good at the long bunker shot. Wow, um, I mean, I might need some tips. <laughs> do you, and and this was um, at TPI, Pernice and um, Greg uh, Rose was giving us a lesson. And little food for thought is he would use – he's like use every – Ben Crane is a great short game player. He would use everything up to like a nine iron out of the bunker. Yeah. So wow. he'd play the same shot. So it would be the same like three quarters. But so he's like just use your 50 degree out of the bunker. Okay. And if you need it to carry farther, just use a different club. Don't swing harder. Use your pitching wedge. Literally use your pitching uh-huh. wedge. When you have a when you have a 40-yard bunker shot, pull out your pitching wedge, use your same sand shot and just do it a couple times practice, you'll see how far they go and it like made everything so much easier. Like I rarely use my 60 degree out of the bunker anymore. I go if I need to roll it tight, I do, but I'll use my 56 a lot. I'll use my okay. 50 if I really need it to carry farther. I'll, pitching wedge I'll use sometimes if I want it to go. That's my problem. I, so I, my only my only regulator out of a bunker is like how close to the ball do I hit, right? Do I hit two inches behind it? Do I try to like clip it a little bit closer than that, like a half inch behind? Otherwise, it's the same swing. It's the same club. And that's why I that is probably why I'm struggling with those long shots because that's the only thing. Maybe Maybe trying a pitching wedge would be a good idea. And not have well, to worry he, about it. He well, he did this weird thing where he's like, "Okay, let's not hit to a hole. You, here's your sixty yeah. degree." He would drop. We're gonna hit five balls, and he'd go, "Okay, give me a quarter swing with your sixty degree." He'd be like, "Okay," and I wouldn't <laughs> think about anything other than that. And weirdly, they would go relatively the same distance. Think, "Okay, okay. go half half shot, half shot," and they'd go maybe three or four more yards farther. Okay, three quarters shot, and they would carry five yards longer. He's like, "Cool, know those numbers." He's like, now do it with your 56. Same thing. Quarter, three, half, three-quarter. And weirdly, they would almost all travel the similar distances for each one. And he's like, okay, now do it with your 50. Now do it with your pitching wedge. And he's like, as you learn kind of your comfortable places, you can always just do a half shot with a 50, which is easier than trying to pick a 60-degree right. at a full tilt. Like, that's such a hard shot, whereas like a, a half 50 is way easier. 
I, I mean, it really is trying to almost, I mean, Bryson DeChambeau kind of does this too, right? Take, take out, hit the same swing every single time, have the same, same length irons. That way you don't have to worry. Like you're just removing factors. So if you're just able to have the same swings, whether it's uh three quarters, yeah. half swing, quarter swing, but be able to switch clubs and never have to worry about it. I mean, intuitively it makes a lot of sense. I'm sure in practice well, it's much more difficult, <laughs> but well, you, you, you know, you got to put in the time to know your, know your yardages ish, yeah. you know, in, I don't really, but I know the feel of like how far they go more now. But, but Ben does. Ben Crane does the same thing with all his wedges. He knows every club from. He's like one of the best wedge players hmm. ever because he knows a quarter sixty degree, half sixty degree, three quarter sixty degree. He knows he has them all written on his grip of his club. Oh really? <laughs> for every club, and so he gets up there and he's like, okay, if I'm trying to hit a seventy five yard pitch mm. shot he knows well my 70 degree my my three quarter 60 goes 70 he goes then all you have to do is feel five yards you don't have to feel 75 yards you just gotta oh the, i said to be a tiny bit more than half with my Got 70 it. and he goes that's hmm. 75 or 70 and he's like yeah that's on. that's that's pretty sharp my camera froze can you tell uh yes i can i can hear you though that's a good sign P oh i think we're back <laughs> i'm on airplane i put on airplane mode People are calling me. People are calling me. You're a busy man. Um, yeah, let me. Don't mind me. Skies, guys, it's the real world here. Uh, <laughs> boom. Awesome. Uh, the I actually saw Lee Westwood. He writes his stock yardages on the back of his club face, like on the back of it, which it, with like a black Sharpie. So he pulls out his six iron or whatever, and it's like 182. Like that's his carry yard so that he knows exactly – I mean, these guys, I guess, I guess if they're doing it, we should probably be considering it. I mean, yeah, you got to be able to hit it consistently, which is harder that's, than knowing your yardage. <laughs> but, but it Who's, is way different when you get over a 70 yard shot. Like, why aren't we getting birdie putts like those guys? Some of it is just our preparation and that I don't know exactly like my 56 and my 60, which one, which shot can I hit with those to go 70 yards and be like, right within 10 feet every time and then have a chance at birdie. Ooh, that'd be nice. Whose who's golf swing do you think you envy the most? Uh, I mean, other than like Tiger, you know, I just <laughs> yeah. ripping <laughs> that's, it. Um, that's a fault. <laughs> I love Colin's swing right now. Like I think that like just I, I, I do this thing where your pelvis comes forward on impact, early extension, so getting that left hip back where your butt cheeks are like facing behind you and you're right. like, it's just, that's what I'm working on. And yeah, he's, um, he's absolutely phenomenal. Okay. So then, so here's the other question. Now, uh, who, who's, whose music do you envy the most? <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, historically I'm, I love Springsteen. I just, okay. I love his attitude. I love his style. I love that he's, gets real but he like kicks ass but he's also vulnerable but he's funny like i just he that guy th is one of my favorite artists of all time you you mentioned something earlier where you said um i i didn't it was it was harder to try to like replicate other people's sounds so i just did my own thing which is actually why i think i have had a very difficult time describing what what type of music you make, what genre you make, right? It doesn't sound like, uh, I, I could not put you in one bucket. So while I'm looking at you, while I have you here, how would you describe your own music? 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I definitely love to blend genres. So when I started out, you know, I was a kid with a guitar who was like a skater kid from Oregon who was like, grew up on hip hop music and like Tribe Called Quest and mm. De La Soul and like bands like that. Um, so I was kind of blending all that style with an acoustic guitar. So I'd be like telling a story, but I couldn't sing very well because I was learning how to sing. So I would be like, um, you know, almost like rapping a little bit. So there was a lot of genre influence bending, like bringing my Paul Simon influences and my Tribe Called Quest influences. But also I'm from Eugene, Eugene Oregon, love James Taylor and, you know, acoustic music. So I would bring that into it. And so, yeah. I don't know. I just love exploring and, and playing with different styles and making them my own. Um, I always have a hard time answering that question. It, it, it's funny. I, I'll be completely transparent with you. I don't listen to a lot of music and my wife is a music nut. She's like, you're, you're like, that's like the sign of a serial killer that like, you don't listen to, <laughs> to music like as much as I do. She always has something on in the house. She always has it playing. And, uh, you know, we were, you know, as in the last couple of weeks, I, uh, I, I had sent her your, your new album that's coming out. So it's January flower that's coming out May 21st. And, you know, we were, we were listening to that. And I, I swear every time I walk out, um, and she has music on. I'm like, Hey, Oh, who, like, who is this? What is this? And she's like, Oh, it's Matt. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that's, I, you know, I don't, I only ask cause I, I like the sound and I don't often ask. And I feel like every time I've asked recently, the answer has been you. So I'm, I'm stoked about it. That's awesome. <laughs> Your wife sounds like she's got great taste. <laughs> there you go. She's got a great taste in men and music. I, I right, hope. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sick. So, so January flower coming out May 21st. Um, I, why is it that so much music and so many ideas come from Joshua tree? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think it's, you know, those I've been, we've talked, talked about this Joshua tree. It's close to LA. So you've got yep. a lot of industry close by so it's a close source of inspiration i think that's part of it okay but also no man it's beautiful it's the desert it's in the middle of nowhere um you know those trees only grow in a specific that specific place the joshua tree you see they're almost like they look like little people they've got weird hands you know looking yeah they are strange trees (laughs) um and the fact that they only grow there there's some weird like that just feels kind of cool that you're in this unique place with this unique kind of like like form that only grows in one place, but the desert is cool, man. It's like, there's a lot of space in the desert. I don't know. We went out there and we were going to go on this. We were, we were going to bring a studio. We we're going to record a bunch of music. And we got out there, drove down this dirt road for 15 miles. Like, dude, we're in the middle of nowhere, no cell mm-hmm. service off the grid. We had Wi-Fi, and that was it though. No, you couldn't see a house as far, just desert for miles and miles. And then all of a sudden the storm rolled in. And it was the most rainfall they had recorded in like a hundred years other than one day. So it's dumping rain. There's rivers, like it's like flash flooding. And when clouds roll in, they don't tell you, but solar panels don't work. So mm. basically our whole house ran out of power. So we had no Wi-Fi. We were just like three dudes hanging out and all of the co- recording gear didn't work. Um, oh, great. <laughs> we, had a, we had a fireplace. That was it. So we just started, we made a fire and I'm like, just staring at my friends, there's three of us. I'm like, are we just going to be looking at each other? Like, what do we do in the dark? You know, no lights. And we just started writing songs. I pulled out an acoustic guitar and my best friend from high school was there. He was, he's a painter. He's a really talented fine art painter. So he was painting paintings and me and my buddy Eli just sat, sat there and started writing songs by the 
fire. And it ended up being this really weird, inspiring moment that reminded me of kind of how I started writing music. And yeah, I really love this new record, January Flower. It's really, I'm really, really proud of it. Yeah, we're we're rocking it in the house right now. It's 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 awesome. You know, the the Joshua Tree stuff, you know, I come from kind of like an entrepreneurial background and and that's where like guys from the this from Silicon Valley they go and they they come up with their new billion dollar idea. We've been out there one time and it made me feel small, Matt. I don't I, you know what I mean? Just just the expansiveness of the desert. Now, I'm not I'm not creative enough to do anything with that feeling. I'm glad that I'm glad that you were able to take inspiration from it. I wish I had that superpower. <laughs> I'm sure you took something from it. I mean, you do your thing. You you have creative outlets. You're creating a content that's compelling and interesting. I mean, that's all creative. So, I, I mean, I think, you know, um, I think all of that's good for us, man. Feeling small, I yeah. think golf does the same thing. It's like this yeah. game. Anytime you're, you're, you're out of your head, you're put in a place where you are connected to nature, you're connected to something bigger than yourself, yeah, that's I long for that, and and some of the best music and um, moments in my life come out of those experiences. So yeah, when the music reflects that, I think hopefully it provides some of that for people. Do you do you still get nervous um, playing in front of crowds? First, you know what I mean. On the first tee, <laughs> yes, every time. Okay, <laughs> okay. And and what about in terms of music? So more more nervous uh, on the first tee than oh, on a stage. Yes. I'm sure, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I see. It's funny. I grew up playing with my dad. My dad is, um, awesome. He's, he was a scratch golfer for a while. He played in college at UNLV. He, um, grew up in kind of a rough family in Rochester and became a caddy. He didn't have a lot of money. So he wasn't like the country club guy. He was like just a golfer, loved golf, moved to Eugene, Oregon, joined a big investment. He joined Eugene country club, which is like okay. top 100 course. They had the NCAAs there the other day, but it, it is a beautiful course, yeah. but no, but still like a golfer's place. It's not like a big, they didn't have a pool really that was nice until like I was in middle school, <laughs> but it was more about the golf. And, uh, but I just grew up playing with him. So it was just always me and my dad. I never played with anybody else, but I started getting into golf again, maybe 10 years ago. And my friend invited me to this swanky country club in Nashville and I'll, mm. I'll never forget, I got on the first tee, and I'm not used to playing with anybody but my dad. So there's just like, I don't know, we're just playing. And like, all of a sudden, I'm on the first tee. There's a group of, there's a ladies group behind us that's waiting. There's, a, there's another group behind them. I'm with his, my friend's dad, who's like this businessman. And there's like, there's like 20 people on the tee box. <laughs> and I got up, I'm, I'm like a pretty good golfer and, you know, never felt this feeling. I get on the first tee. And my right leg starts like literally <laughs> shaking. Like I can't hold it still. It's like, it's like, grrr, and yeah. I'm like, holy crap. I've never been this. I played David Letterman. I was nowhere near this nervous. I literally couldn't feel my hands. And I totally <laughs> duck hook one like 20 feet into the brush. And they're like, Hey, hit another one, you know. So then I That's like the last thing I want to do is hit another one I'm right like, now. I'm right? I'll drop one. one in the fairway. And everyone and I just freaking like same, just ripped it like somewhere else out of bounds. I'm like, "Oh my god, what is happening? I don't even know what am I playing a sport? Like I can't feel like I can't feel anything." And they're like, "Hit another one." And I'm like, no. and of course the crowd <laughs> is getting quieter and quieter. <laughs> And like no one's joking and just everyone's just waiting, like, please hit the ball in play. And yeah, I didn't. I, I, I just 
I hit three out of a row. I'm like, guys, I'm good. I'm just going to go drop one up here. Thanks so yep. much. Yep. And yeah, definitely more nervous than I've ever felt on stage. That gives me anxiety just hearing that story because I, I know that feeling. And yeah, I would have been, you know what? I'll just drop one up there with you guys. Whatever I could do to get off of this tee box as quickly as possible is exactly what I'm going to do. I, I love that. That's hilarious. Well, it gives you so much, like, it gives you so much um, respect for professional golfers and guys that under that play under pressure a lot. Yeah. Um, only in it when it's a new experience. I just had never once, I, I'd probably played golf so many times in my life, but literally never played with anybody but my dad. Like, that was it. And I didn't have friends that played golf. I moved to Nashville. So it's this new feeling. You're like, what is – I didn't know this. I'm not used to this, like, showing up and not knowing people you're playing with and, like, am I stressing them out? Am I too slow? Am I too fast? Am I – I yeah. don't know. Like, that it was a new phenomenon. I am, I am always uh, so dil- – I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to be the slow guy, right? Like if I have to pick up, if I have to do what – like I'm not no. going to be the person that is going to slow us up right now. <laughs> I can – you cannot say a wiser thing to people. Um, my dad is like the fastest golfer. We get in fights over it. He's like – I'm like, I literally ran to my ball and just <laughs> had the wrong club but just hit it because I'm trying to keep up the pace. I've done and that. he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, literally, you have a problem. Like, we get in fights on the golf course. I'm like, I took seven seconds to hit that shot. Like, get off my back. But, yeah, like, I was just raised, like, you are not the slow guy. If And I right. tell my friends that are, like, there's a bunch of friends that have picked up golf in COVID, and they're like, tell me about it. I'm like, here's the one thing. You can be bad, but you cannot be bad and slow. Like, right. those two <laughs> things are not good. Like, if you're on your eighth shot and you've if you've chipped it over the green twice, just go pick it up. Like, yeah. Just don't hit another chip over the green and then make us wait and then go line up a putt and take a practice swing. Just don't do yeah. it. Like there's another hole coming. There's another yeah. one coming. Don't worry it's about it. It's four hours, bro. Like it's already <laughs> too long. Golf rounds are way too long. Like, we're good. You're gonna be out here. You have three more hours to figure this out. That's awesome. My my dad and I are playing tomorrow and we are uh I'm sure if like if there was nobody in our path, we would run through 18 holes in two and a half hours probably. Oh, we would be oh, out yeah, of bro. there. It oh, would yeah, be awesome. Um yeah. I was I was scrolling around Instagram about mm, 45, 50 minutes or so, Matt, and I come across uh, a little a little a little story from you. Drop in what is this? A, a single I, I can I can pre-save anywhere with you right now this is a little just like a little surprise nugget there you for go, us. bro there you go bro <laughs> i know man we're, we're 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 actively posting on the podcast uh yeah man song song comes out tonight actually depending on surprise when this airs, i didn't know if this on... was an april fool's joke or not yeah so we're we're, we're recording this april uh, april 1st It'll come out yeah. probably tomorrow, but yeah. So, so surprise. I thought, I thought this was a joke, but no, this is a real thing. <laughs> real thing. Yeah. We, we're just dropping it on them, man. I'm really excited about this song. It's called anywhere with you. Um, it's like, I wrote it actually pre quarantine COVID about like, I'd go anywhere with you. It's about traveling and experiencing someone with someone with, with people. And it has taken on so much more meaning now that we're kind of stuck at home and uh, it's, you, I think we've all realized how much we value um, doing that and having experiences and traveling. And, you know, I think I, exp- I appreciate more than I ever have. 
certainly things have been uh, reoriented in my brain over the last year or so about what is important, what is not important. The one thing that I always think is is awesome, and I don't know if this if this matters as much anymore, but I feel like you, of all people, you're going to care about this. And it's like the order of the songs on an album, right? I think we're in a world where there is, uh, I mean, there's a lot of streaming. I don't know if people are listening to them in order, but I assume I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at January Flower right now. I see anywhere with you. That's the sixth song. I assume that was by design and this entire this entire order is very well thought out. oh yeah bro it's like a great <laughs> golf course it's like there you go it's yeah. like a 12 hole golf course usually <laughs> maybe 10 10 whole golf course so you definitely accept it'd be like um you would start with a really good hole uh like oh. and then you would but you would do it this way and then you'd probably put like your signature hole as like your second hole or your third yes. hole. Okay. But the first two would be like, whoa, those are really interesting. They like talk to each other as holes. Then the third one would be almost like your signature hole, which usually signature holes are usually on the back nine, right? Is that, I feel like they're like 13, Yeah, 14, usually 15. or after the turn, right? Or, or yeah, like yeah, a closing yeah. stretch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. you, it would be that, this would not be like that. <laughs> Songs you'd be like, great hole, great hole, signature hole, then maybe like uh, a really interesting par three. So that would be like your okay. ballad. Maybe you slow it down. If, if par threes are like the one song where you like, you go down, then you come back up and you have a really good par five. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you would go like, um, you know, then you'd have your uh, par three, you know, again, and then you would end, you, you, you kind of start winding down actually. And your last holes would be like, um, usually I like to end kind of on some ballads. But you want it to be an experience. It's like a movie. You, like each right. song has to n- naturally go into the next one where, where you're like on this journey um, and you're compelled. Like if, you, if you're super up and you're rocking, either you want to stay up there or sometimes it's nice to go and like hit them with like the ballad after that. You've created this void. And then when the, when the slow song comes, they're like, whoa, this, you're gut-wrenching me now. Yeah, it's it, song... <laughs> song track listing is is fun and challenging and that's uh, something i love i i love it i love that you compared it to uh like a golf course design i was not expecting that that was very sharp i really appreciate that for breaking it down for me uh before we get you out of here i, I mentioned this 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 album january flower comes out may 21st i assume it is going to be available everywhere right that's how music works these days <laughs> I, I hope so. Yes. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> Everywhere but Rhode Island. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. You're out of luck know. on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everywhere, everywhere. Uh, before I let you go, so what, one thing I like to do is kind of be like, what question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked? Is there anything, anything in the world that you are passionate about that no one ever, I mean, I ask you about music, I ask you about golf. Um, this is kind of like a blank slate. Is there anything that you wish you were asked about? I mean, I love talking about golf. I love, um, I mean, in context of this interview, you know, what, why do we love the game of golf? I think that that question is something I've been thinking about a lot is like, why do I love golf? Like what, why is this game? Why do I go play around with my dad and then I come home and I talk to him about it for two hours after this four hour experience? Like, and I, you know, I've been, I just have been thinking about that a lot. And, and 
I think it, my attraction to it is that it mirror, it does mirror life in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways. It's like, as you get into like, there's the fundamentals of the swing, but then there's like this kind of like, when you're playing bad, can you have fun doing it? Yeah. Like, can you enjoy it? Like, if you're not playing great, what, like, why would we, (laughs) that's something I'm really asking myself. Why would we give so many hours and time and energy to this thing and then not enjoy it at times? Like, that's terrible like i want to go out and enjoy company of people i'm with i want to have a great time i play better i don't know it's just like there's so many mirrors to your life and how you exist and your integrity and like your work ethic and your discipline and your being able to bounce back from adversity your, your ability to like have a positive outlook when you're not when you during adversity your ability to have community with people, to share an experience, to be a gracious person around other people when you're playing bad or you're playing mm-hmm. good, making your round, your score important, but not too important. I love all this. It's like, why freaking love? It's the greatest game ever created. It's 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 beautiful because it's like life. What, what I loved is that most of the things that you just listed were more mental than they were physical. And they were more about how you handle adversity. And if things aren't going south, are, are you able to bounce back? Or are you able to say, you know what, I'm at least out here having fun. Or if you are going well, how long can you stay in the moment? How long can I avoid all of these distractions that are going on around me? Can I stay focused? Or uh, can I help out the people that I'm playing with? Can I be gracious? Can I be considerate? Can I be a part of this group? It, it, it is it is so much more than just uh, the white ball lays on the ground and let's smack it around for four hours. Well, I mean, you're, you're with someone for four hours. And I think an equal part, my dad always says this, is like being a black a good human to be around is part of the game too. Like if you're the guy that's like, <laughs> I'll never forget. I'm playing in, I, and, and of course the more hours you spend, like I'm as guilty as anybody, the more hours you spend practicing, the more it's like, the more you want to reap from it. And it yeah. like the expectations more, change a little bit, your identity. And then you start putting your identity into it. It's mm-hmm. like music. It's like anything with me, you know, and there's certain things, our identity are supposed to be and certain things that, don't do well they don't support our identity well so like even as a musician i put all this time and energy and at this weird point in my career where i'm like who am i if i'm not a musician and like (laughs) and and that's just i want to be more than just a musician i'm a i'm a lot of things and like i don't want one thing to give me my identity who i am anyways yeah like the more you put into it and we're playing at black butte in this beautiful mountain i mean you could not have picked a more beautiful place in central oregon evergreens and I can't freaking figure it out. And I'm, I hit this punch. I hit it out of like into the trees and then I go to punch it out and I hit it through the fairway into more trees on the other side. And I remember I just like threw my club and it like hit the golf. It, I didn't mean to, but it hit the golf cart in this way that was so loud. It was like, cloing and like all, everyone turned around and looked at me and it's like, Oh, I'm that guy that's like mm. not having fun. And now everyone else is like, has to be like a, a, a byproduct of him not yep. having fun. Like, oh, I just can't play today. And I'm like, dude, we're in the freaking most gorgeous setting. All mm-hmm. of us are on vacation. I'm playing with buddies that are from out of town. Like, we should be able to have fun. Like, even if I can't hit a punch shot, like, <laughs> that's not, that. We're, something's not right. I I used to slam my clubs all the time. I used to slam them. This was years ago, but I I started to convince myself that 
if I slammed my club, if I was that guy that like the golf gods won, like this game is hard enough. Like, don't show them that 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 you're getting to me. <laughs> don't show them that like I'm getting frustrated because I can't do this. Like, that's like, oh, I, I, I'm I'm also losing the mental battle here, and at least I can control that. So I'm like, no, nah, like it's it's cool. Well, like, there's another shot coming. And and dude, we've all been there. Like, yeah. there's no judgment. Every single human has been really frustrated, and I will again be very frustrated at golf because I care about it. That's fine. But where it mirrors life, and I love, is what if your buddy's like, you know, have you ever have you ever been the guy that's like playing a really great round actually, mm-hmm. and there's a guy that's not, and he's like, you know, he's just so in his own world that yeah. like he can't even partake of the joy of you having a great round, right. and like. That's fine. Like, but if we're all doing this together, we're hanging with our homies. Like, I also want to be invested in a guy making a birdie and be happy for him and like enjoying that experience. That's fun. When we're all having a communal moment, and your buddy who's never made a par like dunks that 10 foot par putt. <laughs> like, that's fun. It's fun right. for me. And I want to be like a part of that journey with him too. And like, so, you know, balancing my own frustration and having a way that it's my own and not vomiting on the whole group my frustration (laughs) is like something i'm working on you know and i want to be a fun guy to play with i love it perfect perfect perspective uh and we will continue to try to improve (laughs) on that every single time we get out there on the course but for now it's matt carney it is may 21st for january flower your sixth or seventh album uh no idea i thought it was sixth sure okay we'll call it Around the sixth. Six. Yeah. <laughs> His Around the Sixth album, May 21st, January Flower. Matt, uh, much appreciated as always. Uh, enjoyed this. And hey, hit them hit straight the next time you get out there. You too, Rick.